This is The Water Table. A chance to hear the agricultural side of these issues. A place for people to go find information and education. Water management is just going to become even more critical into the future. How misunderstood what we do is. I would encourage people to open their minds and listen to this dialogue. Welcome to the Water Table Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We're on part two of, of this discussion with Levi Otis and Carol Van Bruggen. Um, thank you guys for joining us again. And uh, we had some great discussion the last time in regards to U.S. Fish and Wildlife. Today we're going to talk about uh, waters of the United States, better known as WOTUS. Um, I just know a little bit about this and what I've heard in the papers and and leading up to, uh, you know, where this was maybe seven, eight years ago and where it was kind of going and some concern from from people in agriculture and, and water management. And uh, this changed dramatically under Trump. And I want Kale and, and Levi, you can add to this, but to kind of describe for our listeners as we have a full range here of people that maybe have not even heard the term to people that are pretty intimate in what it what it is and so if you would just give us an overview of WOTUS um, Kale that'd be great. Yeah thanks Jamie so uh, when we talk about WOTUS that stands for Waters of the United States so what we're talking about is the Federal Clean Water Act. This is the the, the basic most basic federal law that authorizes the Corps of Engineers uh, to issue permits for discharging pollutants into WOTUS into waters of the United States. It actually in the law says discharging pollutants into navigable waters. And um, unless you're an attorney, that might not be very significant to you. Uh, but for attorneys, we know that that was required because for Congress to have control over water located within any state, it's got to be related to the commerce powers of Congress. Um, and so that water needs to be navigable um, in order for Congress to regulate it. Well, that might seem simple enough, you know, can we float a boat or a canoe on the water? Um, but as with most things in law, through a series of litigation and really important court cases, arguing about the definition of that word, um, essentially we've been informed by the courts that there are some waters that you maybe can't drive a boat on uh, that are so intertwined and so wrapped up in the water quality of the navigable waters that Congress should have a right to regulate those too. So WOTUS is really about what is the bumpers or what is the extent of jurisdiction that the Army Corps in issuing permits and the Environmental Protection Agency in issuing enforcement actions has over certain water features. Um, and, and definitely that's been litigated um, there's been rules adopted by the most recent administrations that have been litigated. And so we can talk about any of those aspects, Jamie, of, of that. Good, good. Levi, uh, anything to add to that around, uh, you know, even even what uh, there's just so many different emotions out there with uh, with people's feelings about WOTUS. And so I know you're you're in the around the around the um area and in farm country a lot and you know what what do you want to add to that well this is 
this is way deeper into Kale's expertise, but um, from from egg country on the Northern Plains, you, very concerning here during the Obama administration when that happened, because again, uncertainty. And as we st- spoke about in our first segment about not really having a clear path or a clear description of what was going on, um, I think a lot of people were very concerned that if their outlet, it, whether it was surface drainage or, or subsurface drainage and their outlet was dumping into a, a ditch that connected to a navigable water, could they then be, be in violation? And, um, Kale, was it our attorney general in North Dakota that kind of led that, that lawsuit against waters of the U.S.? Um, or, I just feel like 13 of our states were granted a, a stay, and, and I, I believe it was Attorney General Stengem that was that kind of led that charge for the defense. And um, part of the reason we never really got—I don't want to say concerned, but too in depth with waters of the U.S. was our, our state defended it or defeated it early on for for those of us that joined the lawsuit with North Dakota. Yeah, that's right. During the uh, rule that came out of the Obama administration, there was litigation across the entire country um, over that rule. And what we ended up getting through the remainder of uh, former President Obama's term were kind of this piecemeal then approach across the country to what rule was in place. So North Dakota was part of the larger group of states that uh, successfully obtained an injunction of that rule um, and and got that stayed. So that didn't defeat the Clean Water Act in our state. What that meant was that the definition just reverted back to what it was prior to the rule, which was a series of three or four, you know, agency guidance memos that were just about as unclear as the rule itself was as to what was covered as waters of the United States and what was not. Um, and so in some states that, that Obama rule started to move forward, in some states that did not, um, before the litigation over that version of the rule could be fully completed, uh, we had a change in administration. The, the Trump administration rescinded the rule from the Obama administration and then developed and issued its own rule, um, which until just recently, I believe on Tuesday, um, the Trump administration version of the rule was in effect in 49 of the 50 states. Colorado had an injunction that was preventing that rule from moving forward, um, but that was lifted on Tuesday. And so now the the rule out of the Trump administration is the rule of the land as we sit here today. And what what happens going forward now in regards to, um, is, is that just another ruling that is that all easy it can be for biden administration to change it either back to what to change it whether it's back to what obama's or something else is it that easy or or are we in a place where it can stay this way for a while yeah that's a good question jamie so the the um the interesting piece is that there can be litigation over the way that you rescind and change course in a rule and then there can be litigation over the rule that you replace it with itself um, so it's not as easy as the new administration coming in and just saying, we just don't like this rule. We're going to rescind it and stop it. They need to follow the Administrative Procedures Act and do uh, that rescission or that stay in a way that follows current law. And uh, how this has worked for the last several decades is whichever side is on the opposite side of, of that version of that action is it's always going to litigate it. 
Um, so it starts to feel like, you know, this issue will always be under litigation and challenge and constantly evolving either until the courts decide to set something at the Supreme Court level that's precedential um, or Congress steps in and, and acts and adds some clarity to it. Um, you know, the courts in the most recent cases have basically said, look, we've done the best we can, but Congress really needs to clear this up um, if they want to stop the litigation. And uh, I think a bunch of us can assume, you know, the likelihood of Congress opening up an issue that's controversial and successfully getting some clarity passed as to where the Clean Water Act jurisdiction starts and stops. Yeah, that's where that term act of Congress comes from. <laughs> so I think, Jamie, what is, you know, what does the regulated community do with this, with all the uncertainty? And that's part of our job as attorneys is to look for ways to eliminate or minimize, you know, risk. Um, and so Waters of the United States is, is one component of the Clean Water Act. It's certainly important because if something is definitively not Waters of the United States, you know, then you know that's not an analysis you need to go down. Um, but the reality is, especially when it comes to wetland areas, sometimes you just don't know. You just can't be certain. And so we look for other ways that says, well, let's assume that it is Waters of the United States, that this is a wetland that the Army Corps and EPA have jurisdiction over, are there ways that we can ensure that we don't run afoul of the Clean Water Act with what we're doing in this area? Um, and that's where it's, you know, all, Waters of the United States gets all the attention in the press, but it's just as important in my mind to understand what activities are discharges of pollutants and what activities are exempt. Um, so one that commonly people know about are is normal farming practices. Just because a wetland is waters in the United States doesn't mean that you can't um, farm through it when conditions allow. Uh, when you had John Kolb on your podcast, he touched on that being a very important part of the negotiation of the Clean Water Act is that those farming interests be exempt and protected. Um, the one that that Levi's company follows and my clients follow really closely uh, with water management tile systems is the consideration of whether installation of drain tile through a wetland area that's waters the United States requires a permit and mitigation or not. Um, and that's been somewhat controversial, especially in Minnesota and the Dakotas. Um, so Minnesota, their Army Corps office gets its direction from the headquarters, regional headquarters in St. Paul. In the Dakotas, they get their direction from the regional headquarters office in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and I've had cases, you know, less than 20 miles apart, just across the border, where the landowners are being told two different things from the same agency under the same law as to whether, you know, installation of that drain tile through a Waters United States wetland requires a permit or not, whether that's a, a discharge of a pollutant. Um, so to, to kind of simplify that, um, you know, number one, if we can get to some certainty over whether or not that activity is allowed, the question of whether or not that wetland is a waters United States becomes a little less risky or a little less problematic for the regulated community. You know, there's always, there's always challenges in everything that we're discussing. There's always going to be, um, you know, need need for clarity on this. And, and I appreciate you giving a real life example there and how, you know, just our industry runs into things. Um, you know, that's that's not 
just because Kale is an attorney and he sees this stuff that, you know, we're 20 miles apart and getting two different answers. This is what happens, um, I'm sure, in lots of industries, but we see it a lot here. And uh, again, that's why we're trying to educate and educate people to um, so they can ask the right questions and uh, hopefully not get themselves into these situations if they're landowners and farmers. So, so as we, you know, I think we gave a good explanation there and what or at least what I know from our listeners, what they want to know about uh, WOTUS. What is it? You know, what was the change? Um, why was there a big a uh, lot of talk about it in the in the Trump years and, and you know, where's it going now? And I think you did a good job of that so we can move forward. But um, Levi, you you work a lot in the state of North Dakota. We've got listeners from all over. But is there is there anything we have listeners in North Dakota too, the ones that have radios? So um, do you want to uh, share anything in regards to um to what's happening on the legislature in North Dakota and, and what you've been up to in 2021. Yeah, we've had a couple bills in, in the legislature. Actually, there's three. I'm forgetting the third one, but we've had Senate Bill 2020, or excuse me, 2208, um, that was going to bring all of the drainage-related legislation into, into one bill, which was um, assessment drains or legal drains and in the tile bill and bringing it all in, and, and which sounded great in theory but then when you start doing that you can start tweaking bills what ended up happening is that was changed into a study and and i believe they're bringing um um people outside the legislature to contribute in that study um it was heard in the house again today they didn't take any action this morning as far as i know and then 1437 which is a a drain north go to drainage or tile law um piece of legislation that puts us more in line in North Dakota with with states like Minnesota and Iowa that have have strong um, good good water water policy when it comes to tile drainage and um, there's a couple of hiccups it passed the house 94 to zero bipartisan with com- complete support from a groups and everybody else and I, today was a bit puzzling in the Senate um, with with the different things that were kind of thrown or requested at the bill I, I I, I think some of the A groups were a bit frustrated that they felt off guard. That <laughs> I think the attitude was that it was going to sail through, and and uh, so we might have some things to work on through through this week and, and next week. And uh, I, I'm confident that there's enough horsepower in the Senate to uh, to advocate for a do pass, and then it'll be on the governor's desk probably, you know, within the month. And and once that's signed, it'll be law immediately. So. Um, it's pretty exciting stuff. It's good for our, our farmers and, and will allow, allow us to do some of those projects that you were talking about earlier. Um, you know, talking about water quality wetlands or denitrifying wetlands and, and, um, some of the, uh, carbon, carbon deals. But until you can manage water, you can't do much. Yeah. Thanks for that. And, you know, by the time that this, uh, this podcast airs some of that stuff that you just talked about will be probably on the governor's desk and we'll be moving forward and and that's that's a good thing i just want to um you know just share that um our industry and and uh farmers and and landowners across the midwest um should have a sense of gratitude for what guys like you do and your companies um you educate the public, um, you help and, 
and serve um, our greater farm network and and in what you do and um, you're real leaders your companies and yourselves are real leaders in the industry so thank you from me and from the water table for for what you do every day it's appreciated and um, you know hopefully that this podcast and this series can be a conduit to to bring in more people into the conversation and we bring in more people into um, you know giving you guys a call and uh, asking questions, potentially hiring you if they have a problem, Kale. But uh, that's what we're about here is bringing, bringing people together on even contentious um, conversations and, and arguments that we can find solutions by, by uh, visiting and talking it through. So um, again, this is a little bit of a shorter second episode here, but uh, good, good, uh, valuable information. Uh, Levi, I'm going to give you the opportunity as a water table takeaway here um, before we leave our listeners today. Well, I kind of stole Kale's last word last time, so I apologize. But I, I kind of like the line, if you don't get help from us, get help somewhere. And whether it's Rinky Noonan or it's another law firm, or if if you're calling Ellingson, I prefer you call us. I think we we really try to be perfect. We're, we're not always perfect, but I do. I believe all of our employees go to work every day trying to be. Um, in, in, same with your company, uh, uh, Jamie, uh, Prinsco is just a, I love, I, I love the collaboration and the willingness to work with those of us in the water community and, in, in being able to, to make lives better for those that buy our products. And, and so if you don't, if you don't want to get help from us, but you need, need to do it, I, there's resources out there and, and, of, we we work twenty four seven. I think the three of us. So it's uh, it is a privilege to to have the relationships and in in the working uh, that we do with 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 all of our customers. So I'm just looking forward to you know ways we can improve in the next 15, 20, 30, 40 years by the time we have to retire. So yeah. So you heard it from Levi Otis. Says if you can't get help from us, get help somewhere. Um, and you know that's what's been and now in going into four or five months of doing this this podcast is what's been um beneficial for me and and really rewarding is the fact that i get to talk to people that i've built relationships with over a long period of time um and you know kale and i met years and years ago in washington dc the first time and and uh to be able to now um collaborate with you on something like this and hopefully educate others is super rewarding and that's what our industry is about that's what the greater agricultural industry is about is is uh building relationships helping one another to individually and as a team succeed um and so thank you guys for joining me um we're gonna have this series out here with john kolb and then and then with uh you two that are all kind of in sequence of each other and uh I hope it's uh, helpful and we'll see you along the way and, and we'll have another podcast. So appreciate your involvement. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you. If you enjoy what you're listening to, you can find us on your favorite podcast platform. Um, you can find us on Twitter or Facebook. And you can also find us at watertablepodcast.com. Thanks for listening.